Sorry, I've been watching Super Bowl highlight things all month long, which now you pretty much have to only watch on YouTube, although they do show them for one weekend on the NFL Network. But anyway, all right, Nebraska softball opens its season with an 8-0 five-inning loss to Washington Thursday night in Puerto Vallarta, so at least they can go to the beach afterwards. Jordy Ball, though, takes a loss in her Husker debut, starting going two and one-third inning before leaving the game with an injury. Hopefully that'll be okay. She was charged with three runs on two hits in her two innings. She struck out three. Freshman Caitlin Olenski was thrust into her collegiate debut following Ball's injury and gave up three runs, two of which were earned. Sarah Harness pitched the final one and two-thirds, allowing two runs. Uh, basketball this weekend. It's all big. Nebraska ball hosts Michigan tomorrow night at PBA. Game is sold out. The women host Caitlin Clark and her teammates Sunday at noon. The game is sold out. will be televised on Big Fox. Creighton and Xavier tomorrow at 11.30. We'll get you started with shoot-around at 10. Love it. Fighting Flans host DePaul tomorrow afternoon at 3. And then Omaha takes on the Bison of North Dakota State. The men are in Fargo at 1. The women are at Baxter at 2. Both teams are beaten by North Dakota last night. Men fall 99-78. Women lose a heartbreaker 83-81. That was back and forth in the fourth quarter, a game of runs. Omaha hockey on the road for two against 14th-ranked Western Michigan. And a sad day for me yesterday as the Spurs trade Doug McDermott to the Pacers. Great for Doug, though. He deserves to play for a winner. He'll be very much missed in San Antonio. Loved having him on my team. He deserved better. Dougie would have fit in with the championship teams. Sigh. Uh, Lamar Jackson still made NFL history at Thursday evening's uh, awards ceremony by winning the AP NFL Most Valuable Player Award for the second time at 27 he's the youngest two-time nfl mvp since the merger beating out patrick mahomes that's okay he has a football game to play on sunday jackson was the landslide winner receiving 49 of the 51st place votes to fall one shy of another unanimous selection for the season jackson joined tom brady as the only players to get all 51st place votes for mvp but in the end thanks to poor play calling and refusal to run the damn ball lamar will be watching the super bowl much like us on tv Finally, the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement class will honor defense as well as a player many consider the best kickoff and punt returner ever. Damn great class. The seven-member class of 2024 will include defensive end Julius Peppers, defensive end Dwight, Dwight Freeney, linebacker Patrick Willis, Devin Hester, the league's record holder for kickoff and punt returns for touchdowns. Wide receiver Andre Johnson will also be enshrined as modern-era selections. Uh, on the veteran committee, this is good. This is great, actually. Linebacker Randy Gratishar, well-deserved. Played his last game in 1983. And last but certainly not least, Mongo is in. Defensive tackle Steve McMichael, who retired after the 1994 season. One of the senior finalists selected to be enshrined. Hard to not get choked up as he lived long enough to get to the news. The seven Hall of Famers will officially be enshrined August 3rd in Canton. And we were just talking during one of the breaks, uh, Nick and I, that you know, you're happy for Mongo, obviously, because you say he he lived long enough to yeah. get that news. But if there's one guy that could live long enough to at least see the day that it is he's enshrined, it would be him. Yeah, and the the battle of ALS for people who are unaware of Steve McMichael's story, and for a guy that it was never short of energy on the field, one of the the great defensive linemen that ever played for that. Not only that, eighty-five Bears defense that it, people still consider to this day as the gold standard, but also. A guy that was just, I mean, he, he just wreaked havoc in his time as an NFL defensive lineman, but also became a very strong radio personality on a lot of their pre and post game. Uh, and then uh, just here recently in the last few years, uh, had succumbed to ALS to where he is, you know, he's he's bedridden in his home. He's, I mean, probably is a fraction of, of what he looks like. He's just withered away, but he's still fighting. And a lot of his teammates that have spoken on this topic uh, over the last year have said that, 
the one thing that he continues to fight for is to see if he his name will be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. So amazing news. I hope he is still around to be able to go through that induction ceremony, how they will do it. Obviously special for him. Uh, the fact that he can't leave his his bed, but my gosh, like that. The Bears will for, represent. Their yes, fans. absolutely, they will, and and I'm sure there'll be something that'll be absolutely special planned for him. But one of the feel good stories, and I mean, if if you're unaware of it too, if you just see pictures of what he looked like when he was playing, even when he was doing pre and post game uh, Chicago Bears radio to to what he looks like now, and we talk about cancer being such a horrible disease, ALS, and and we've seen so many people that have suffered with ALS and, and how it just, I mean, it completely just diminishes you physically. But as people know about Steve McMichael, it's uh, mentally and in his heart, uh, that's the two things that have not been diminished with what he's been able to uh, kind of persevere through waiting for that news that he got last night. It's just amazing. Now I'm unfamiliar with the Steve McMichael with the bears that you're, you're talking about. Cause the only Steve McMichael Mongo. that I know, um, was in the booth with Chip Carey and Joe Carter on an August night at Wrigley Field my mind goes. and had been drinking most of the day. Yep. And then in the sixth <laughs> inning, there was a play at home plate where Ron Coomer was called out by Angel Hernandez. Yeah. So Weird. Steve Mc- so Steve McMichael, this is the Steve McMichael that I know. I'm, I'm not familiar with that 85 Bears Steve mm-hmm. McMichael. This was 2001. <laughs> he, he starts singing the seventh inning stretch and the crowd was irate and man mongo was hammered and so he goes through the song and then and then he says or as he's getting ready to sing um he said i'll have some speaks with that home plate umpire after the game he had a beer in his hand he blew a kiss towards angel hernandez angel hernandez glared at steve mcmichael up in the booth and threw him out of wrigley field (laughs) it was a classic moment that it's 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 a great Steve McMichael moment. It also shows you why in the hell is Angel Hernandez still umpiring in the uh, majors? Eight seven zero one. He's he sued his employer, but on that <laughs> yeah, night at Wrigley yeah. Field in two thousand one, what a great moment! But as you said, um, you know the the McMichael family has uh, to to alert people to Lou Gehrig's disease and ALS, and it's you know an absolutely horrible thing for a family to go through. They've they've highlighted. Um, his battle with it and trying to find a cure and how families deal with it. It has been really, really sad. It has been heartwarming. Um, but what a moment because there was a camera yesterday that when they told him he made the Hall of Fame, they uh, had a camera on him. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and I, I, hope, I hope he realizes how much he contributed to the game of football and how cool that is. I mean, the 85 Bears continue to win. You know the most celebrated Chicago team of all time. They'll they'll never be you know they'll never be duplicated. Um, what they had with that team, and and I and I to this day, you know, you know this, uh, Nick. All the time you spend in Chicago, it's a Bears town. Yeah. Okay. The Bulls yeah. had the run with Jordan, but it is first and foremost a Bears town. Mm-hmm. I tell people in Miami. It's a Dolphins town. They're like, nah. And I'm like, yeah, it's a Dolphins town. It's a football town. Even with everything the Heat have done, um, it's a Bears town. And just another person off that 85 team to get honored. But it was a great day for the Bears yesterday. I mean, you finally picked up a W. You got Devin Hester is going in. Julius Peppers, who in a two-day span scored 21 points in a college basketball game and also had a sack. Yeah, I mean, they're both going into the Hall of Fame. It was a good day to be a Bear.
I mean, at least you won something. That's true. Hey, we'll take the wins where we can get them right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, on was, Countdown was, Sunday, they're going to have a story about this. It's going to be hard to keep a dry yeah. eye. It, it, I mean, a lot of the different stories on Mongo that I've watched have been it, – it definitely gets to you. I mean, it, it, it'll, it'll challenge your emotional element. But uh, as far as the Julius Peppers one, and I, I got a couple of um, these tweets last night of, well, what, Julius Peppers is a Carolina Panther. He's going to go in his Panther. Yeah, he will. I, I don't think there's any question. But he, he, did, he had an impactful moment uh, in a, just a, a brief uh, time with the Chicago Bears when he was with the Bears, which would have been in 2010 through, I believe, 2013. That 2010, that's the last time the Bears have been to the NFC Championship game. Now, they lost to the Packers in that one. That led to Aaron Rodgers' only uh, Super Bowl victory. But, yeah, I mean, he was part of what was a very good 2010 Chicago Bears team and Chicago Bears defense um, so he had some good moments, some great numbers there. He will definitely be remembered more as a Carolina Panther, spending you know the larger part of his NFL career there, and then ending with Carolina there for that final season. But the Devin Hester one, Gary, this is the one that I know some people scratch their head about a little bit because it's not it's it's a special teams position. I mean, he's not going in as a well. He was a defensive back in Miami, then they tried to turn him into a wide receiver in Chicago later on. He's going in as Maybe I'm biased. I know there's been some good ones, but the greatest kick-slash-punt returner that the game has ever seen, and the reason that I think that he was worthy of the Hall of Fame is anytime you have a guy that is so good at that craft that can single-handedly change a football game when you decide, maybe idiotically, to kick to that individual and how that can either jumpstart a game or that can change the complexion of a game like that, and Devin Hester did it more than a handful of times. Uh, all of us will remember that Monday night football game against the Cardinals, and that was the they are who we thought they were, Denny Green moment. What started that comeback in that Monday night football game, and that was the year, of course, that the Bears made it to the Super Bowl and lost to the Colts. That The, the, the decision to kick to Devin Hester was probably the worst decision that the Cardinals had made. They, otherwise, they win that football game that night. Uh, I'll never forget uh, the lasting image of Brett Favre just getting battered at uh, then TCF Bank Stadium when Minnesota had to play outdoors after the dome collapse they played the bears on a monday night football game and you know Favre's getting just just beat the crap out of but again they decide to kick to Devin Hester and in the snow there's just kind of a s- snow dust all over the field like he he would make it look so easy and he takes one to the house like so many times that you would see him and when people would kick to him and i remember being in the stands on a couple of games as soon as special teams, as soon as the Bears got a third down stop and they had to kick, there Hester had his own like walkout music every time on fourth down. And people, I actually saw people in the stands, they would have sweatshirts on or whatever. They'd pull off their sweatshirts and they'd have their Devin Hester jersey for those moments. Like it was, it was like a cult like following for yeah. a guy that was just as good as you've ever seen in returning kicks. Yeah. I, it's like the, the first designated hitter that goes into the baseball hall of fame, you know, you don't know how to compare them to like players, Yeah, but you made a point and he was no doubt the most impactful player. If you have to design a game plan around somebody, Mm -hmm. then you're worthy of being considered for the pro football hall of fame. So I'm glad that voters in the discussion that they have, they listened this time and they voted and Devin Hester makes it in because I hope it opens up the door for a Brian Mitchell and a Dante Hall, yeah. who also were two great returners, yep. probably known more for that than their 
defensive back ability or wide receiver ability. But Devin Hester was a game changer. I think, though, his most impactful moment is on Super Bowl weekend. He returns the opening kickoff yeah. of the 07 Super Bowl for a touchdown. I mean, that, that's it's one of the most exciting plays yep. in, a, in, a, in a play that we're trying to get rid of in the game of football. In 07, to begin the Super Bowl, he returns it for a touchdown. I was, I, I, I've been a big fan of Devin Hester. I'm glad he finally got in. Um, it's a really, really good class that's going into Canton. My only disagreement is why isn't Antonio Gates in the Pro Football no Hall clue. of Fame? Six-time All-Pro. No when he was he was at the top of his position, ahead of his time, does not get does not get voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. That was the only negative of yesterday. But this is a really, really good class. This is a star-studded class that's going into Canton this summer. You should yeah. go, Nick. Summer I, vacation. It, it would it would be something that if there was a time Three to bears. go, yeah, to see. I mean, even Julius Peppers. Like I, 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 I hold Julius Peppers in high regard. I understand that. Yeah, he's going in as a Carolina Panther, but the time that he gave to Chicago and kind of what he represented on that particular defense uh, that year that they made it to the NFC Championship game too. It, like he was he was a stud among some studs too. Like that was a cast that I still remember. Right. And so, hey, we don't talk enough. Two of these guys that we just mentioned, Peppers and then Antonio Gates, these guys played two sports in college. Yeah, yep. Peppers, Peppers in the final four. basketball and football in North Carolina, mm -hmm. and then Antonio Gates. Mm -hmm. You know, he 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 played two sports. Yep, it's um, good. Too. There's also the thing, and and this has just come up as we began this discussion. I don't know what to tell people um, because we fight for it all the time. You know, Roger Craig is still not in the Pro Football yeah, Hall of Fame. That. Also, and, I, and, I, and I honestly don't know what it's going to take. I don't either. You know, everybody, everybody, everybody says, everybody says, oh, yeah, man, he was Marshall Falk before Marshall Falk. He's got everything, you know, all those Niners that have been honored on that team. Roger Craig should be the next one. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. stop telling us that and, and let's get this done and let's get him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because it's ridiculous that Roger Craig, who Maybe he's hurt by he was ahead of his time with the way that position is is utilized, that he was a thousand yard rusher, mm -hmm. thousand yard receiver when we still cared about running backs. Put the damn man in Canton. Yeah. He deserves to be in Canton. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and all these people would say, Oh yeah, man, I agree with you, Roger Craig. Well, let's get it then done. Do it. Because yeah. it's not right to look at Roger Craig's NFL career. I don't care if he was on a team that was loaded. We don't say that about certain Steelers or certain Cowboys, right? Or certain guys on the 85 Bears. Yeah. If you're good, you're good. And he was the best at his position for multiple years. Let's get Roger Craig in the Hall of Fame and stop talking about it. And let's find people that can get it done. Because it's ridiculous that a man that was as good as Roger Craig was with the Niners on great teams was at times the best player on those great teams. And yet we go through this every Super Bowl weekend or when they do it earlier with mm -hmm. the Veterans Committee. Why isn't 33 in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yeah. Three yeah. touchdowns in Super and, and, Bowl and it's, and it's funny you bring that up because I think of 85 with the Bears, but then it, that's when things kind of turned where you would see Chicago and San Francisco battling out to see who would represent the NFC. I mean, that goes back to 84, 84. as well. Yeah. And then it's, it uh, turned back into San Francisco getting the better of Chicago and then eventually Dallas that you would watch – 33 just stand out. I mean, 85, he had over 1,000, not only rushing and receiving, as you brought up as well, but then what he did in 88 and 89. In the years that you've got San Francisco at the very top of the game, he was a major 
part of that too. So like I, I think of my my lasting impressions of Roger Craig as a running back, and I'm thinking about some of the biggest games that you're going to see. You're you're talking about NFC Championship games. You're talking about Super Bowls where he is running wild and he is a major contributor in that type of success. To me, again, kind of as we were talking about Devin Hester, when you have a guy that dramatically impacts games and games of significance too. That's the other part about this. You could have a regular change field position. Absolutely, he did. You could have regular season numbers, but what you do in the postseason as well, and the type of factor you are in a dynasty run like he was, that cannot go. uh, That cannot go ignored. I I don't understand this at all. Yeah, there'll be three future Hall of Famers. I I would say locks that are going to play on Sunday. Mahomes and Kelsey are locks, and then Trent Williams, the offensive tackle for the Niners, is a lock as well. Yeah. And this is, you know, part of the what we're continuing to see with what the Chiefs are doing. When you see Mahomes, Kelsey is obviously going to be in that that discussion as well. But I, I think Christian McCaffrey, as long as he stays healthy, he's putting himself in that that conversation. Like you start to look at the the playoffs right now, and you know, last night we celebrated, you know, Lamar Jackson and all the different players that had great individual seasons. you got to, for a moment, sit back and appreciate the the type of talent that we are now seeing that is usually getting to this point of the season, whether we're talking about conference championship games or in the Super Bowl. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I didn't pay attention to this as much when I was younger on how many teams that you could watch playing in the conference championship games in the Super Bowl and say, there's a a Hall of Famer, there's a Hall of Famer, there's a Hall of Famer. But yeah, I I think you've got guys that are locks, and then I think you got guys that are probably already on the cusp of it that are going to be represented on Sunday. Yeah, who who makes the Pro Football Hall of Fame first that has a Nebraska connection? Roger Craig or Indomitian Sue? I bet it's Indomitian Sue. I mean, I I hate to say that. So Sue didn't play, so is he a – I don't think Sue is officially retired. Is it five years you're, from you're, official? You're, yeah, your your countdown to the Hall of Fame eligibility doesn't start, Jimmy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Until you have officially filed paperwork to retire, right? I, I think so, yeah, and yeah. I'll double check. And I think the reason is is what if he came out of retirement, then the clock right. restarts type deal, and yeah, yeah, the paperwork thing. I, I believe that is that is where the official clock begins from the date that you filed the paperwork. All right, coming up uh, here in a little bit, Lee Sterling stops by his thoughts on the Super Bowl, uh, what he's attacking from the uh, vantage point of Paramount Sports. Also, Kevin Harlan coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. He'll be at the Super Bowl. He will be the voice of the Super Bowl in Westwood One, which will be here here on Sunday. We're back with more Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 